Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. Once again, I have an amazing guest and also a very good friend of mine, Laurie White. Thanks for being here this morning. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're here bright and early. (laughs) (laughs) So I thank you for taking the time to do that. And um, listeners, you're in for a treat. Uh, This is going to be amazing today, and you're going to be inspired. Um, I do have to also, again, give um, some thanks and a shout out to our sponsor, Veracity Networks. I want to thank them for all their support. And I want to thank all of you for your support. It's been wonderful. This this has taken off. We're trending on iTunes. It just blows my mind. And, and, and it's not because of anything other than your support and the amazing guests that I have on. So like I said, I have Lori White. Um, she is the CEO of the Great Artist Program. It's an elementary art education curriculum uh, for for elementary schools right Mm -hmm. and you know those who know Lori she's an amazing artist and uh, she's passionate about it and it's great this program is helping teach kids all over the country um, to learn how to to draw and to make them realize they can draw right Uh, she's a mother of seven kids which is amazing in (laughs) itself I mean anyone who has kids would go my hat's off to you. It's amazing. <laughs> I um, always tell people it's just more laundry and more food. That's, you know, then. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> she um, she has been involved in, um, you know, volunteering in elementary schools and involved in that for over 24 years. Uh, Lori's very passionate about what she does. Um, if you guys, listeners who follow me, um, know that I actually had her brother on, Danny Kofed, yeah. a little while ago. He, you know, you guys were all, the responses from him was, He's so energetic and so powerful, but Lori is no different. She's very positive, powerful, speaks her mind. And, um, when she sets her mind to something, she gets things done. And I'm just grateful to call her a friend. We love your family. And I'm so grateful for, um, the opportunity to hear your story today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so let's just tell us a little bit about, you know, growing up and, Growing up with your family and, and with Danny <laughs> and just, you know, talk about that and, you know, what your childhood was like. My childhood was awesome. Like I look back on my childhood and think, man, I was lucky, really lucky. My parents are so cool. And and I think I remember actually after Danny's, you know, Danny was on, uh-huh. I mean, I was like, wow, mom and dad, did you just hear that shout out? They're, they're really awesome parents. So right. I feel so... Um, so blessed. And I really look back on childhood with rose colored glasses and it was good. It was really good stuff. I grew up literally right above, right above where we're speaking. Yeah. And, um, my mom, uh, my mom especially was just so good at, she was, she was a hands-off parent. Like I feel like everybody now, including myself, I don't want to be a helicopter parent, but I feel like I am in some ways. I feel like almost everybody is. And I think it's because we're more worried about the time and space that we live in of all the dangers that could happen. Not necessarily the failures, but we're also into that too. Like, oh my gosh, my kids are going to fail. I have to jump in, but just danger in general. And, um, back in the seventies and eighties, when I lived, you know, a couple blocks from here, my mom was not worried about anything. This street right above us is 50 miles an hour. And it was back in the eighties. <laughs> right. Right. And I, and me and my friends and my siblings would ride our bikes on this street, 50 miles an hour. And yeah. we're like, mom, we're going to go to this swamp that we could probably fall in and drown. We're going to go to a swamp. We're going to, we're going to catch tadpoles right. in buckets that we're going to hang from our bicycle handles. <laughs> and then we're going to cross the 50 mile an hour 
two-lane highway that leads to the gorgeous canyons by yeah. us. And we're going to come over to this barn that you and I are sitting in, and we're going to come pet and feed horses. Wow. I mean, yeah, I loved that. We also had this sandbox right above us. It wasn't a sandbox. It was empty lots. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, kind of some scary stuff there. There were people that had built kind of forts. And I mean, we would go catch lizards. And I mean, literally, just like kind yeah. of idyllic, right? Just riding our bikes. And um, we had tons of scrub oak right above us. And just right here by the Wasatch Mountains. And I just loved it. I loved my childhood. And I just had great parents and siblings. I'm the oldest right. of four kids. Yep. So me, my sister, my brother, Jimmy, and then Danny is the youngest. How did you like being the oldest? Well, I liked it because yeah. <laughs> apparently, you know, I, I mean, I think I take on that first child role. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure I was bossy, and you know, right. Um, they didn't like me being the first. I mean, they don't like me being bossy. You know, sure. as siblings, I think <laughs> there was definitely conflict because of those, um, yeah. you know, birth order roles. Right. Um. I, yeah, but I, I mean, I did like being the oldest. Um, I'm a total pleaser, like yeah. all like 99.9% pleaser. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to please my parents so right. bad. So my parents were really, they were really great examples. Um, but they were not micromanagers. They weren't right. in, they weren't all over you. My mom never asked about school grades like, I mean, you, she just, she trust, they trusted us Yeah. and you felt that, but I, and I don't know how my other, I mean, I think some of the other siblings have felt, you know, felt the same way too, but I just felt this really strong desire to please my parents. Right. Um, I, I'm a, you know, the five love language thing forever. I'm like, I yeah. don't know which one I am. I think I'm all of them. <laughs> and I kept, you know, thinking right. and thinking and thinking. But as I've gotten older and just recently, I'm like, oh, I like words of affirmation. Right. I just do. I, li I yeah. like to be, I'm trying so hard to be whatever, to be a good mom, to be a good wife, a good friend, a good teacher, you know, just a good person in general. And I, 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 I like that acknowledgement of you're doing a good job. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I was just driven okay. to please my parents. Not that they were expecting or acting any differently. It was completely that. my perception yeah. of my childhood was, I'm going to do things exactly like my mom and dad. I'm going to do really good in school. I'm going to do the best grades I can. I'm going to work to pay for college. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to get married at the same time my mom did. I'm going to have a baby <laughs> the same time. And guess what? I did. Wow. I mean, I did. I, didn't I like. Know I that. got married. Like we got married exactly the same age. I had my first son exactly the same age as her. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And I just, I mean, that's what I wanted to do because yeah. I just really admired my parents. Right. Um, and really loved them. But because she was hands off and because, you know, it was like you got, we just, I think that built a lot of confidence in all of us that we felt like we could do what we needed to. We could do what we were supposed to. And it was all on us. No one was pressuring us. Yeah. Well, that that's was going to be my next question because people who know you, you're very confident. You wear your heart on your sleeve. You're not afraid to speak your mind. At the same time, you do want those words of affirmations and do mm -hmm. the right thing. Where did that confidence come from? I mean, you're that's one of the most confident mom. people I've met. So. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah. I I talked to her about this even as a kid. I'm like, how are you doing this? How how are you raising us? What how can I do this? And I mm -hmm. I literally this is her favorite story. She said, when you were little, I would start out 
and I would give you a little task so that you felt like you could do it on your own. So this was her, this is what she did. We would be at the grocery store and I would ask if I could have a gumball and she would say, okay, here's your money. And it's over there, kind of like around the corner, you know, and as a little kid, you're like, can you come with me? You know, and she's like, you can do it. You can do it. And she would send us. And of course she's watching. We didn't know that. Right. We thought we were doing it on our own. She's totally behind the next right. count. She's watching every move. But we thought we were doing it on our own. I mean, and she did things like that intentionally wow. to build confidence. So That's we'd go awesome. over there, you'd put the money in, you'd kind of fiddle with it, turn it, it comes out. You're, oh, I did do it on my own. Oh my gosh, I'm so awesome. And then you'd come running back to find her. And, and she wasn't like, I mean, I'm jazz hands all the time. Oh my gosh, you're so awesome. <laughs> she wasn't like that. She just... Yeah good job. Okay. Let's move on. You know, just, um, but she was a master at it. Yeah. Just was good at it. You know, a good at letting us do things. And if we said, Hey, I really want to do this. She'd go, okay. You know, it wasn't like, Oh, you're not old enough. I don't think you can do that. That statement never came out of her. Yeah. And my dad is full of energy and he does more in one day than anybody I know. Oh, anybody I, I know. I know. Yeah. Still, you know my. So well, my mom. I, feel, I yeah. feel that way about you. <laughs> I really do. I've slowed down. I really have. I oh, mean, yeah. I still look at my dad and go, "Oh my gosh, he's outdoing me. He's outdoing <laughs> me. Like, he's like seventy something, and he's he's, you know, outdoing me. I yeah. mean, he's like a seventy-seven-year-old in like a fifty-year-old body. Yeah, you know, and mindset." So he just gets so much done. He's so, um, he's also confident that he can do anything. Right. Um, I really, my mom is just more practical and I feel like I got, you know, she was really intentional about how she was trying to build confidence and, and right. how she was trying to just raise these confident and responsible, moral individuals. You know, right. she'd also give you these moral lessons without trying to. No, she was just good at it. I don't know yeah. how she did it. Yeah. You know, and I and I thought I'm going to be just like her and I don't know that I've done as good of a job as her as far as that stuff goes. I think I little bit little bit more worry and fear into my parenting right. and I'm bummed because <laughs> I just am like how did she do that? You right. know, and then you've got my dad on the other hand who literally like, "Hey dad, can you do this or can you do that?" Yeah. You know, any question, he just makes up the answer, which I totally take after him. <laughs> I, I mean, Aaron, my husband and my mom, they, they look at each other occasionally with these knowing looks like, oh brother, like we're married to these two. Like I'm very much like my dad yeah. in this, sure, oh sure, I can do yeah. anything and I don't need directions. Right. <laughs> so that's not always the best thing. And, right. and uh, <laughs> occasionally I'll answer a question and he'll go, do you know that? Or is that just co-fed confidence? That's what he calls it. Yeah. Co-fed confidence. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Danny, they joke about it. Danny mentioned that <laughs> Danny as well. Danny mentioned that, yeah. He yeah. mentioned that as well. And, and, and you, you do. You're a very confident person. And that's a gift. I mean, um, and it sounds like it was cultivated from stuff that your mom was even teaching you when you really realized you weren't even being taught. Yeah, Like, hey, sure. yeah, go get it yourself, that kind of thing. And yeah. I think that's great advice for any parent is to do things like that to help build confidence. Because when, we, when we're like, no, you can't do that. That's too scary. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is we're teaching our kids that, you know, the fear-based, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, go ahead and cross that road that's 50 miles an hour. Go yeah. get those tadpoles or whatever. Just like, and, be back at six for dinner. See yeah. ya. 
And I think things were different back yeah. then too. Cause we, you know, she didn't take us aside and go, now no. listen, those cars are going fast and da, 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 da. She just trusted that we would be, yeah. you know, smart about it. And yeah. I think too, uh, this whole, um, confidence thing and jumping in, I think that it also helps that I'm not a perfectionist right. at all. Right. People think I am. People assume artists are perfectionists. I'm not. I'm an impressionist. I'm not yeah. a realist. Yeah. I think that when you're willing to jump in and go, sure, I can do that. I'm also, I'm okay with failing. I'm okay with like good enough. I'm okay with, oh, well, that wasn't what I thought, but that's fine. Right. I'm very, um, I'm very easy about moving on and I'm not shattered if it didn't turn out exactly how it is. Right. I kind of go, oh, well, I guess that's the way it was supposed to be. Or yeah, I right. could have put more effort into it. So I think that that just jumping in and even answering questions or whatever. And if someone said, Hey, that's not right. It's actually this way. I go, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, um, worried about, Oh, I only have one shot. Yeah. So that that's not entering my head ever. I'm like, Oh, I can do that again. Or right. I can be okay with whatever I did. Whatever and go, happened. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Let's move on. Yeah. So I think that helps. Um, yeah. I think that helps to be able to jump into whatever situation because I'm not, um, paralyzed by fear that right. I, I have this one chance and I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to blow it. So then I'm more willing to just jump in and yeah, try it. That's awesome. When did you realize that you were passionate about art? Oh my gosh, my <laughs> whole life. Really? Yeah. Um, and again, I've got to give a lot of credit to my mom here. Um, she saw in me as a, or as a little kid, I mean, I was doing, I was drawing at three but at four years old, I started to draw, draw. I mean, every three-year-old starts to make represent representational drawings. And right. you're doing circles with arms sticking out of right. the circle saying this is a person. That's how I still yeah. draw, by the way. <laughs> I'm serious. I bet you've made it more to a 10-year-old level like most people. But <laughs> everybody starts out that way. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's that's the developmental stages of drawing. You know, right. we start out with these represent representational shape blobs with arms uh -huh. and say mom this is me and you so i was doing that but by four i was drawing i drew a giraffe at four i mean this is she remembers this more than i do you know right. i still have the drawing but i drew this giraffe and she thought oh wow i think she maybe has maybe has more than just average kid drawing right and she wanted to make sure that she was going to do something about it for yeah. me. And so she bought this book drawing on the right side of the brain hmm. and she read it and she read about creativity and she really tried to encourage me. Um, and when I was a little bit older, you know, she looked for classes to put me into. Okay. And when I was kind of a preteen, she drove, I can't believe where she drove from me and my siblings. Like, I mean, every mom does that. Every right. mom does that. But my driving is literally all within seven miles of my house, all my carpooling. And I'm like, whew, I'm lucky. <laughs> um, and if there was longer carpooling, my husband's like, I'll drive them to Provo or Bountiful. I'm like, good, because I didn't want to, you know? <laughs> right. Like, but my mom, yeah, she would take me to these this art school. She'd drive my brothers to karate. Um, she was really great about helping us. My sister did dance. You know, and she just she just really encouraged everybody where where we wanted to go and where we you know where we wanted to be passionate. Um, she was great, just like every mom. I mean, I feel like that's every mom really wants to help your kids. But right. I'm really grateful that sure. she um, recognized in me that that was something that I loved and that I 
um, I, she really made sure that I got the opportunities to grow my talent. Yeah. Well, you're very talented there, and I, I'm looking forward to talking more about your, your program and your company, the Great Artist Program. We'll get to that in a minute, but okay. I want to talk about, so, you know, you, you, you graduated from BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that kind of that time in your life and what okay. was going on, and, and then when you, what led up to you meeting your husband, Aaron, and, okay. and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Um, so I, I went to BYU, and I was just sure that I was going to go there and be an artist, um, I, I think I, I really wanted to kind of be in the fine art department, but mm-hmm. I got the dinkiest scholarship you've ever heard of $250 for one semester, right? I opened this letter, you've been awarded a scholarship. And I was like, Oh my heck, this uh-huh. is so great. <laughs> 250 bucks towards my first semester Woo-hoo, of yeah. BYU. <laughs> um, and it was in the design department, not the fine art department. And I okay. thought, well, that's okay because I actually wanted to be a children's book illustrator. So mm. I think that's interesting. I mean, I knew I had this love for art, but I really, really love illustration. I love fine art. Right. I love fine art. I, I love to appreciate it. I love museums. I love learning about artists, but I, I love children's book illustrations. Right. And I had started collecting children's books um, kind of in my teenage years. Um, and I and I just would pour over the illustrations. So I was like, okay, well, that's good. Great. I'll go to the design department and I'll be a children's book illustrator. This is perfect. This is a great trajectory for my life. Well, within the very first semester, every time I met someone, you know, whoa, what are you studying? What are you here for? And so many people said, oh, I'm doing elementary education. And every single time I said, oh, that's what I would do if I wasn't doing design. And after saying it so many times, I thought, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Is this, am I doing the right thing? And I also didn't love the design department because um, being a designer or a commercial artist is very different than being a fine artist. When you're in that commercial, other people are saying, this is what I want you to do and you have to do it my way. And as far right. as art's concerned, that yeah. does not fly with me. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. That is takes us, that is a special talent. These right. graphic designers, these people, they know like they're working for a client and they're doing what the client wants. Oh, okay. And when I think about art, it's, I'm expressing what I want to express, yeah. not what someone told me to, or they say, you right. need to change this and this. And I'm like, no way. Like, that's how I saw it. <laughs> you know? Right. So I was like, I don't know if this is the best fit for me. I don't like to be told I'm a pleaser, but I don't act, you know, who likes to be told what to do? Nobody. So, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, um, I really thought, um, and, and prayed hard, like, am I on the right path? And just really felt compelled that I was supposed to teach young children. And um, and I immediately switched my major. I mean, in the second semester of BYU. And I, and I know that's what I was supposed to do. So I did early childhood and elementary education because I wanted to have the opportunity to teach kindergarten. Okay. Um, if you want to teach kindergarten, you have to have the early childhood because um, I thought, you know, when I'm a mom and I have kids and I want to go back to school one day, like I'm going to teach now, mm-hmm. have a family and then go back. Then I could do half day kindergarten. And that was kind of my master plan. Right. So I'll get both these degrees so that I have the opportunity to teach wherever I need to. Yeah. But I really wanted, I love, oh my gosh, I love, I love all kids, but I love little kids. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's what I did. And, um, and then I taught first grade. 
That's right. And I remember that. I, and I was expecting my first child the entire year that I was teaching first grade. Oh, wow. That's a challenge, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was such a good learning experience. And just, just a, you know, it was hard and difficult. And for the first time ever, I felt like I was failing. And it was very difficult for me. I had just kind of gone through like, oh, I'm pretty good at what I'm trying to do so far, school, or mm -hmm. my effort is going to equal, you know, the grades I want or right. whatever. And being a teacher and having 26 kids, um, I was so worried that I wasn't doing enough. Mm. Um, that was the first time I had felt those feelings okay. of am I doing enough? Right. Um, and it was scary for me. Mm. And first graders have a lot of development that they have to go through. And so finally, by about February, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're getting it. They're reading. Yeah, they're, you know, right. um, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, they're going to make it. I was so worried that the next year, second grade, they'd show up and everyone, the they'd all be in resource and they'd go, who did you guys have last year? And all 26 of them, Mrs. White, you know, I was so worried that I wasn't right. giving them what they needed, but it turned out to be, you know, a great year, a great learning experience. Um, and then, and then at the end of the year, I had my first child and, yeah. and then I have been home for the past 24 years with my kids. Um, and, and then from that, I was able to combine my love of teaching, my love of art, and I've actually been an art teacher for the past 22 years. Right. As a stay-at-home mom, I've yeah. been able to turn that education um, experience and learning and my love of art into my side job and my passion. Yeah. And I know that you've, you know, through that time too, even before the Great Artist Program, you were teaching out of your home. You'd mm -hmm. have kids come every week mm -hmm. to your house You'd even teach at the local uh, elementary school. You'd yeah. go do classes there. And I mean, and we all saw that just growing up too around you and seeing you doing all that. And so obviously you have a love for this I and a passion. I love it. I, <laughs> I love it. I mean, I look at the calendar still. So this will be my 19th year. I think I'm starting my 20th year volunteering at our elementary school. Wow, that's amazing. Well, when you have seven kids, you're at elementary school for a long time, right? <laughs> Yeah, a long time for sure and oh gosh i hope i don't cry this is my last year mm. my youngest is in fifth grade and our district decided to put sixth grade in middle school which i'm still so mad about i know i heard they switched that they switched yeah. it a while ago yeah and i'm mad because <laughs> i want to stay in elementary school forever right um and so this is my last year and everyone's like what are we going to do what are we going to do when all your kids grow up and i was like don't worry I'm not moving on. My kids will move on. I will stay here at right. elementary school. I just love, I love being able to inspire those kids. I love to take a, any kid. And I love to teach teenagers too in right. my home. I still, t I still do teens. I just love to sit down next to someone and teach them and have them go, oh, I didn't know I could do this. I'm like, I know. Look at what you just did. You're so awesome. Yeah. Look, you're an artist. And I, and it never mm -hmm. gets old, yeah. ever. I look mm -hmm. at the calendar and I go, oh, good, I'm volunteering today. I never yeah. once have been like, oh, no, I have to go to school <laughs> ever, not right. once. And every yeah. single time I come home, my husband goes, how was it? I'm like, the best. Yeah. I absolutely love yeah. being there and helping and teaching and encouraging. And mm -hmm. it fills my cup so much that I never tire of it, yeah. ever. 
Well, that's the beauty of your great artist program. And because you, you're doing exactly that, you're showing anyone can be an artist. Mm -hmm. And you make them realize, oh, I can do this. And you empower these kids to go and to believe in themselves. Yeah. And it spills over, not just from art, it spills into their life, right? Yeah, for sure. Where they sure. start believing in themselves. I love it. So talk about the, your program. Her okay. program's amazing, folks. I'm not kidding you. Um, she's inspired over 500,000 kids across the country. Her program's all over the country. So let's talk about this and, you know, just that. Like, okay. what, what's it all about? Um, oh, gosh, I love this. Okay, so when I had just two small children, I started teaching in my home um, and realized wow, this is, this is so great to put my three passions, right? Kids. I love kids. I just do kids. I love to teach and I love art. So this, this is just the perfect fit for me to spend my free time. Um, and when my kids started elementary school, I was so happy to be back in the elementary school zone. Right. I just walk into any elementary school and smile. I just love the feeling of it. I love to be there. It was so fun to be back in elementary school. Um, and I could not wait to volunteer and say, Hey, how do you need me? You know, I am passionate about all of this. I'm a former teacher. I love kids. I am so happy to be here. What can I do for you? Right. So that first year, um, you know, I was correcting spelling tests and just, you know, showing yeah. up, I was the room mom, whatever, you know, just mm-hmm. happy to be there. Um, the second year in with my first kid, I went to the teacher and said, Hey, I am so willing to do whatever you need me to do. Um, and if you want me to correct spelling tests, I will, but (laughs) if you would like me to come in and teach art once a month, um, I would love to do that. I wasn't seeing, I wasn't seeing any art come home with the kids. I wasn't seeing any art. Um, all I was seeing was like holiday craft projects or just kind of really simple, um, just the bare basics coloring of, with pudding yeah like here you know like here's some materials here's some crayons do whatever you want not <laughs> right. not directional right. art and i'm a big believer in i call it guided drawing some people call mm-hmm. it directed drawing i'm a <clears throat> excuse me i'm a really big believer in kids are inherently creative mm-hmm. and they want to create but only a couple so if you took a classroom of kids let's say 25 kids there would be two kids in that class who already feel, who already know that they're an artist and they have enough confidence that if you gave them paper and pencil and crayons and said, Hey, make something awesome. They would go, Oh, I know what I'm going to do. And they would start doing it. But the rest of the kids feel, they go, I want to be an artist and I want to create. And it's so fun to use all these materials, but I'm not sure what I should do. And they look around and they, and they, just go oh man and they revert back to what the only thing they've been shown every single kid knows how to draw the house with that really fat tree trunk and the you know squiggly tree line and the smoke coming out of the stack and a sun in the corner which is my biggest pet peeve of all time well you wouldn't like any of my drawings now because that's (laughs) i do that to this day if i if i was to honestly draw laurie i'm not kidding that's what it would look like sun up in the corner little house with some smoke coming out of the chimney (laughs) and you can draw that because somebody showed you how it's not that everyone comes you know it's not that everyone is born knowing how to draw a house with a smokestack and a sun in the corner you learned that's that's what someone showed you what should I draw? Well, here, let me show you. You can draw this really simple house <laughs> using simple shapes and we're going to put the sun yeah. in the corner. So that's <laughs> why everyone does that because that's what they were shown. Yeah. So if that's the whole thing, hey, I just have to show you and then you can do it. 
you can show the kids how to draw the Mona Lisa and they can do it. I remember teaching one of my kids first grade classes, the Mona Lisa. And the kids were like looking at me like, are you crazy? Nuts. She thinks we can draw this. They, they're literally looking at around each other. Like, who is this lady? There's what? Yeah. What? What is even, you know, what is the Mona Lisa? They were just kind of like, I can't believe you're going to have us do this. And I was like, okay, I know this looks like a big deal. And this is the, the most famous painting in the entire world. And you guys are six and seven years old. And guess what? (laughs) I'm going to help you draw this. And they're like, what? And then, you know, I'm like, we're just going to take it one line, one shape at a time. And, and within about 10 minutes, you literally can draw the basics of anything. Everyone can draw an oval, right? And this is how I start out with the young kids. Raise your hand. And I'm real cheesy. Right. I'm real cheesy because yeah. I taught first grade and I'm, 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 you know. Well, uh, it can, might be cheesy in the sense of an adult hearing you or whatever, but the yeah. kids love it. They love So I'm like, raise your hand if yeah. you can draw a circle. Yeah. Touch your nose if you can draw a wavy line. Wiggle your fingers if you can draw a straight line. Can yeah. you do all those things? And they're like nodding their head. I'm like, then you can draw the Mona Lisa. Yeah. And then wow. we do. And these are the kids going, oh my gosh, I'm an artist. And my own son came home and then cousins came over and he goes, hey, do you want me to teach you how to draw the Mona Lisa? He was six. And because it was such an experience of confidence building for him, because he sat there and he watched and I directed him with the simplest instructions then we built on one line, one shape at a time. And he came up with the Mona Lisa. He, it was, then it's like filed into your head. Yeah. And it's, and it's not just because you were shown, but it's because you felt good about yourself. Right. And you had confidence and you went, I'm awesome. And it's like clink in your head. And now his cousin is over and he's like, Hey, get a piece of paper. I'm going to show you how to draw the Mona Lisa. Oh, and man. so, I mean, that's, so that's the experience. So I kind of jumped ahead, but no, that's... anyway, um, yeah, I mean that, that's, that's why it was so fun. So I was doing this in my own children's classes. So each I'd go, okay, yeah. hi, I'm Mrs. White. And, um, I'd like to teach art unless you need me to correct spelling tests. And they <laughs> word kind of got around like, yeah. oh my gosh, if you have Lori White, she will come and teach art. So after being there for just a little while, uh-huh. um, I had the first couple of my kids kind of close together. So at this yeah. point, I probably already had, I had three, I had a third grader and, um, a first grader and well, okay. And then I, you know, almost someone coming into kindergarten and someone right after them. And so they were kind of like, okay, there's a lot of kids who are going to come through and Lori's going to be art teacher if you get her kid in your class. Yeah. So the principal came to me and said, I love what you're doing in your children's classes and they're benefiting these students are benefiting so much and the teacher's so appreciative that you're going to come in there and teach a real art lesson right is there any way that you can do this for the whole school can we can we brainstorm how can every classroom in the school be getting the same type of direction without us hiring you as i mean back you know they didn't art teachers were kind of non-existent they are coming back there's a, you know, there's more art teachers now than there was, especially we're talking Utah. Um, uh-huh. There was in the West, Utah, California, Texas, Nevada, um, you know, Colorado, Idaho, like no art teachers. East Coast art teachers. I don't think they've ever gotten rid of art teachers. But on the West Coast, we lost money for education. Art went, art's the first thing to go. And so we're looking at all these schools 
with these awesome teachers who are doing the best they can, but without art instruction. Right. And and as a teacher, if you don't feel that confidence yourself, like I can teach art, you know your kids need it, but you're not sure how to get it to them. Right. So there's this loss of art. What, what do you do? And yeah. and it is, it's so important. And it goes into every aspect, you know, math and building and not only confidence, but spatial relations. And there's just so yeah. many studies out there that say how important it is that we need it, right. but well, it wasn't there. Yeah. And I would add that, that belief piece. Oh yeah. That's, there's a reason why I call this a belief cast because I'm, I'm passionate about belief systems and, you know, some kid drawing the Mona Lisa, and I've actually seen those pictures, these young kids, and you put up on, you know, a, 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 I think it was like a, almost a display in your home of all these pictures of the Mona Lisa at one mm -hmm. time. This was years ago. And I was like, fifth and sixth grader kids yeah. drew these. And first grade. And first, oh yeah, even, yeah. even younger. And I was so blown away, but how that teaches them to believe in themselves. Yeah. That belief system just, I mean, I can and only imagine. And that's literally my favorite outcome. Yes, I can give you the stats. Of, yes, I yeah. can tell you why art's important. Yes, I can tell you, here's my mission statement. Here's what we're trying to do. But my very favorite byproduct of teaching art to kids is confidence. Yeah. I love to see their face light up and go, oh, yeah. I'm awesome. I'm good. I mm -hmm. can do this. And especially in a classroom where... Not everyone's good at academics. Not everyone's succeeding at math. Not everyone's even succeeding at behaving well throughout the day. And you walk in there and you're like, hey, I'm here to do art. And there's this audible like, oh, I'm going to be so great for the next hour. Yeah. I'm not going to be great at every. She yeah. thinks everything I do is awesome. And that it, it's genuine. I'm not trying to just blow butterflies in everyone's right. faces. Everything you do, how you want to express it, how you decided to do the project, color it in from the beginning to the end is okay. Yeah. You are the artist of your paper. That's one of my taglines. That's what I teach, you know, people to say to the kids. Yeah. I want them to not compare themselves to other people, to not think theirs is better or worse, mm -hmm. but to just go, wow, look what I just did. Yeah. And that's my very favorite byproduct of Great Artist yeah. Program. Well, I want to point out, um, that's, that's the beauty here. So you were taught confidence as this young girl from your mom mm -hmm. and your dad, obviously, yeah. as well. But as you grew up, you, you realize how great this confidence is and what it's done for your life. And now it's like you're giving it away now. You're giving away this confidence to all these kids now. And no wonder you love it. It's the I best. Mean, but, but what I love about it is when we have a gift or a talent, when we give it away, mm -hmm. we become twice as powerful in that gift. Oh, absolutely. And so... And here you are doing it, you know, weekly and weekly. Now you've got this great artist program that, you know, now is a program that a school can actually buy, correct? Yes. And then they take that and now they, their whole school can do this program, right? It. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that piece okay. and then we're going to move on from that. Okay. So um, when the principal came and said, how can you do this? I, I, said, I said, well, I, I still have little kids. I yeah. probably will still have more <laughs> kids, which I did. Um, I can't come and teach right now, but... I could get a parent volunteer for every classroom and I'm going to take moms and dads if they're willing. And sometimes we have grandmas show up. Yeah. I'm going to take a parent who's not an educator, who is not an artist, and I'm going to teach them how to teach kids to do art. And that was, that's my model. And so I went and presented this to all the teachers at my school and I said, here's my idea. I'm going to get a parent volunteer for every classroom. I'm going to have a meeting. 
I'm going to break down my lesson plans in really easy instructions. Right. Mm -hmm. um, my teachers all kind of gave me input. We don't want this. We don't want that. We can only do an hour. We only want it once a month, you know. And so I took all those parameters and I said, I'm going to take, I'm going to take really cute, enthusiastic parents. Right. Um, and I'm going to give them the confidence to go into the classroom and be the art teacher. Wow. So not awesome. only do we get to inspire kids, which is so great, my parent volunteers, I call them art champions. Yeah, I, love, I love them. And this program couldn't work without art champions at every elementary school. I've got these parents who feel very passionately. Um, our school needs art. My kid needs a good art experience and we don't have it. And I'm not an artist. And I'm not a teacher, but I'm passionate. And I know we need this. And I'm like, that's all we need. You're an art champion. We're going to get this at your school. Usually a PTA purchases the program because mm -hmm. it's usually run through the PTA. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes they have hired a teacher just for this and, and the principal will purchase it. So basically a school will purchase my program and I have training videos so that Every parent volunteer who's ever going to be the art teacher that day right. for that classroom gets to watch a 10 minute video and they, and it and they go, okay, I can do this. I can, I can go in there and I can teach kids and I can make a difference. And then they get to go into the classroom and the kids cheer and go, oh, she's here. We're going to be, you know, <laughs> yay. And she teaches she them how to draw and compose a masterpiece. Yeah. We're looking at a masterpiece every month, a different masterpiece, a different artist. Mm -hmm. We're learning all the good stuff, but most of all, we're learning how to draw. And that's where the magic comes of feeling confident. Yeah. And then we're coloring it in with whatever medium. So um, as I did this at my school, it was a great success. We love it. Um, and then other schools started to say, hey, are you going to sell this? And I was kind of like, oh, I just like being a volunteer. I'm happy to do it for free. I'm happy yeah. to, this is my, this is the way I'm going to kind of benefit my community. Yeah. I wasn't looking to be a small business owner. My husband is a real um, entrepreneur. For sure. Um, he has yeah. better follow through than anyone on the planet. No he's doubt. extremely supportive. You mm -hmm. know this. Oh, yeah. Um, he's awesome. He and is amazing. he saw the opportunity and said, hey, I'll, I thought, I don't, I'm not a business person. I'm an idea person. I'm an idea person. I'm a motivator. I'm a teacher. I am not, I do, I'm not numbers. I'm not follow through. That's not my best. Those are not my strong suits, but my yeah. husband, yeah. we're a really good team. You're those good are team. his strong yeah. suits. Right. And he was like, I think we should do this. And I'm just like, oh, let's just do this. And this. he's like, no, let's make an actual business. Let's hire, let's hire someone to brand the company. Let's have a website. Let's do this and this so that it's professional. Let's really actually do it. And we jumped in, you know, just kind of half professional just for the first couple of years. And as we saw that the schools in, in Utah, you know, surrounding us were like, we love this. This works. It works without Lori there. It works at a different school and we're watching her videos and we're able to run the program successfully, you know, right. um, with just watching these videos and being trained. Um, and so then we did go professional and opened it up so that we could sell it across the U S. Um, and it has been, it's just been so awesome. Yeah. It's been so awesome to be able to, um, teach and inspire. And I love being able to also, help the parents. Right. I love, I, I really want to be someone who 
um, will help the parents see any parent that goes, I really want art in my kid's life. And then I can say, hey, you can do that. And it doesn't matter what your background is. The fact that you want it for your kid, that's yeah. all you need. That's all you need, yeah. And I want to help give you the tools um, to be able to be that art mom for your kids and be able to inspire your kids even at home. Um, I have a YouTube channel and it's called Great Artist Mom. And it's not because I'm tooting my horn saying I'm so great as an artist mom. I It was more to say Great Artist Mom. I want every mom out there to go, I can teach my kids art. Right. And and so I'm trying to give the tools to parents so that we can get to as many kids as possible. I love it. And be able to teach them that everyone's an artist and everyone has something good to contribute and right. whatever they create is awesome and good wow. because they did it. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. And, and the program's amazing. And, and uh, there's so many more questions I'd like to ask you around that. But I do want to shift gears just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're a mom of seven kids, which in itself is amazing. You're an amazing mom. Um, Aaron's an amazing dad. And you guys, you know, honestly, if you guys know these two, that you... <laughs> They, they throw more parties, they, they do more things, they travel, they, they love spending time with family and kids, and you have amazing kids, all of them are amazing. I love them, um, thank you. Let's talk a little bit about that, just being okay. a mom and what that's like with okay. two, seven kids. And, and then there's also been some struggles with a couple yeah. of your kids. Well, probably all of them, uh, yeah. obviously on some level. Hey, parenting is, is not for the faint of heart. It's not, so let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, um, I love being a mom so much. Um, so I'm the oldest, like I said, mm -hmm. and when I was, I was eight when Danny was born. So there was four kids, mm -hmm. you know, we were all about two years apart around there. And, um, when I was about 10, our, some of our best friends, they were having their fifth and I was begging my mom, like, please, please, please have another baby. Because <laughs> as much as I adore mm -hmm. Danny, yeah. like love him, he was a pill. Sorry, Danny. <laughs> he knows it. He was a pill. He did not want to be cuddled. He did not want to be held. He did not. He wanted to be an only child. He did not want any of us near my mom. And he wasn't, he wouldn't let me. I was a baby lover from the beginning. Yeah. I have loved little kids and kids in general. And I'm just a connector. Right. And I just wanted to ooh and goo over him and baby him and mother him. And he would not allow it at all. Um, and I begged my mom, have another baby have another sibling. This kid is not letting me mm -hmm. hold him or play with him or anything. And she was like, Oh, I'm done. You're, you'll have to have your own. And I literally from that night on prayed every night, please, please <laughs> let me be able to have children. Let me have a family. Let me have a lot, a lot of children. I just, I just really wanted that experience. Um, and I had a really good friend. I had a friend all through high school and, and he had a big, huge family. And I thought it was, the, I thought it was the best. I absolutely loved being around this big giant family with all these siblings and all these kids and thought, that's what I want. That's what I want. And, um, when Aaron and I, you know, got to the point of dating where you're talking marriage and talking, Hey, let's, you know, let's be together forever. And, and, uh, let's get married and let's have a family. You know, you talk about like, how many kids do you want? And we were both like, Seven, seven sounds good. Who does that? You know, when they're 20 something, we totally both were like seven would be great. Yeah. And so we started out with that in mind, like, let's have seven kids. Oh. And, um, <laughs> and they, you know, they, they're about two years. I mean, some of them are less than two years apart. There's a couple, you know, there's a three and a half space between, um, number five and six. And, 
And when we got six kids, then we had to move up from the minivan. Like we had the minivan <laughs> and then you had to go to the Suburban, right? right? And Aaron's looking at Suburbans and he's all, well, they have eight seats, um, but there's a nine seater with a seat in the middle. Are we really going to have seven kids or can we just, let's just have six because we'll fit in the Suburban. What, what in the world would we drive if we had seven kids, you know? <laughs> and I, I mean, at the time I'm eight months pregnant with number six, right? right. And so at that point I was like, oh gosh, maybe we will just have six kids. And, but in the back of my head, I was like, well, I know. Now I know that most people don't plan on having a caboose. Like when they're 40, most right. people don't, that's not a planned. That, right. That's the surprise, right? right? Well, I was like, I think I was around 35 when I was having six kids. And I was like, you know what? It'd be so great to have six kids and then have a little bit of a break. And then just kind of right before you're like, you know what? We should probably be done having kids. Right. I'll just... I'll have a surprise on purpose. I'll have a caboose. <laughs> this was my thinking. You know what? Sure, Aaron, sure. Six kids is good in the back of my head. I'm like, and then in about five years when I'm like, oh, I want one more baby, I'll have another baby. Yeah. But instead, that other baby, I found out I was pregnant when number six turned one. Nope, wow. guess what? Guess what? Surprise. You are having seven <laughs> and he's coming right now. Wow. <laughs> um. And it was, and it was awesome. And yeah. it was meant to be because then I got cancer and I couldn't have had, I got cancer at 39 and I could not have had that. I couldn't have had that planned surprise at 40. Right. He came yeah. when he was supposed to. Yeah. Um, and, and he is special needs and we can't imagine life without For sure. number seven. Yeah. He really completes our family. And so, um, Anyway, I, that's kind of how the seven kids got there. Gotcha. And it, and so our oldest was 14 mm -hmm. when we had number seven, they're, they're actually, their birthdays are the same week. So a 14 okay. year old and a baby. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, we did it. We yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah, you did and, it all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot, it's a lot sure. and it's, and it's awesome. And I'm so grateful. Um, and I think when everyone's under 12 life is for it was my little kids were easy yeah my little kids were easy they didn't throw tantrums and i'm not saying like i just you know kids different kids are different kids i had a lot of just really easy going kind mm -hmm. of pleasers back yeah. then and people didn't care about what cup they had or what color and i'm like hurry 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 get in the car and you know so for a long time i was like man this isn't too hard this is not that you know yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of busyness and it's a lot of diapers. And by the way, I'm still changing diapers. Yeah. It's been 24 years wow. and three months and I'm yeah. still changing diapers. <laughs> and w one day our cute little, this number seven, one day he's going to get it, but yeah. we're still doing diapers. Um, Anyway, I, I still kind of look back and go, I mm -hmm. wish everyone was 12 and under, like for the next 20 years. I kind of want to stay in the young mom, yeah. young kid realm because I think it's easier. Yeah. Um, and so then as people got older, and harder and also just they started saying hey i'm gonna do what i want not what you want then parenting took a shift and yeah. it's been really hard for me to um change my thinking and grow up with my kids mm -hmm. instead of me kind of feeling like i'm throwing a little bit of a tantrum going i liked it better when everyone was little and listened to me and did what I asked him to yeah. and went to bed at eight and believed in Santa Claus. And, yeah. um, 
watched family movies together. That that was really awesome. Yeah. And I um I kind of mourn the loss of that. I know that I have to grow up and I have to be a mom of older kids. Yeah. And I love my older kids. Um but it's been it's been hard for me to switch yeah. gears. You have to completely switch your parenting style. Right. And if you have this many kids, you're switching it earlier on and you're still I'm still having babies and toddlers while my other kids are moving on to the teenage years and that really stretched right really stretched me out sure. and and it, and it has been harder than i way harder than i thought yeah. it would be yeah and you know let's talk about that too cuz as the kids get older you know they get you know each kid kind of has their own personality they kind of do their own thing and uh, you had a couple kids who um, have struggled with uh, drug addiction and mm-hmm. and and that kind of thing let's talk about that and how you've been able to deal with that and cope with that. And it's, okay. I know there, there's a, that's a big question because there's a lot there. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a big know. question. So let's and it's been a really long time. Um, and I feel like I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a good place now. Right. And that's why we're talking about it. Maybe now, and this is the, yeah. why we're here, but there was a time where, I mean, this was a very difficult, very difficult, difficult thing for you and, and Aaron to go through, to watch a couple of your kids struggling yeah. in this realm. Um, I, I'm glad you're willing to talk a, about it because a lot of our listeners have kids who are struggling with addiction or they've struggled themselves or they're still struggling mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure this all out. And so it'd be great to get your perspective as a mom okay. who loves kids so much, yeah. but at the same time, seeing some kids going through some really tough times. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. This has been, this has been way harder than cancer. Yeah. Which we failed to even mention. You're a cancer survivor, Yay. which we can get into as well. But yeah. we'll get, let's um, talk about and this. And interestingly enough, the cancer and the special needs son and the teenagers as they started to um, move into experimenting and with drugs and, and kind of starting down this path that was so scary and fearful for us was all at the same time. Right. It was all the exact same year. Wow. Um, and I, I just think, you know, the things come in threes, when it rains, it pours, all that type of stuff. But also we are, um, we have challenges given to us and you think, I can't do that. And you can. Yeah. Whatever challenge comes, you, your first initial response is fear. I think that's the most natural human response when something's really frightening and scary and you think are you kidding me I can't do this I'm not up to this challenge there's fear and doubt that come in very first and it's very hard um it's really hard to initially see past that right um and that's exactly what we felt I think I think um fear was the utmost emotion in the forefront of our brains as we saw this trajectory of our two older boys, um, what's going to happen to them? Are they going to, you know, or is their life ruined? Um, are they going to be okay? Will they, are they going to die? Will they live? Will they make it through? Um, we had all these expectations and hopes and dreams and are, are any of those going to happen? Um, and especially when they're so young still, they're under your own roof, your job as a parent is to protect them. 
to teach them. You're trying to show them, listen, this is the way that you are going to be able to be able to be function, to learn, to grow, to have the very best experiences at your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're giving you this little pathway of if you do this, then you will be whatever, fill in the blank, successful, happy, right. Right. you know, whatever. Um, and, and these are these, they're still these young kids. Their brains aren't developed. They are not adults. And you see them on this trajectory and it's so frightening of what's going to happen next. Yeah. How is this going to affect their entire rest of the life of their right. life? Right. So our very first emotion is fear. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you go through everything, anger and, you know, disappointment and all these things. Um, so I've seen this and I had seen other people deal with it. But when you're going through it, um, you think you're the only one. Yeah. And at the time, I mean, at the time in all of my close friends, um, in my group of friends and circle of friends, and I, and I know, I know a lot of people and I have a lot of connection with a lot of people. And I, I love to surround, I have a, I have a large group of friends, not because I'm not trying to, I just, because I love people. So mm-hmm. I'm saying in, in this, in this kind of rather large circle group of friends community, I felt like I was the only one right. going through this. And um, so there was also some shame involved um, and blame. What did I do wrong? Is this my fault? Um, Which, by the way, is pretty common. One of the parents I've talked to in doing this for a long time is they, they get to that that realize or that idea in their head like yeah. what did i do wrong what could i have done better is it my fault kind of thing i think yeah i think i think the first thing for sure was fear and then it goes to blame whose mm-hmm. fault is this <laughs> yeah. why did this happen who can i blame for mm-hmm. this this um thing that's happening to my family to my children um and none of those things serve anybody right that does not serve anybody it did not serve me. And I was there. I mean, I'm, I can't say like I got right out of it. I was there for a while. We, Me and my husband were there for a while. Um, but it did not serve us. And it definitely did not serve my children. Right. Um, and so I, I'm going to cry. Um, so we had Todd. We had you and we had my brother, Danny, and um, your love for our boys, your personal experience and, um, and knowledge, and then my brother's ability to uh, put the fear, try to say, keep saying, put the fear aside, put the negative aside and focus on the positive. And look forward with faith and hope of, you know, this experience and what it's going to teach you and, and how much you love your boys and, and think of that. So with, with you and him giving a, us advice like weekly, um, and it took a long time. Yeah. Um, it took a long time. But the difference, I, um, I'm trying to be cohesive here. So with your help and advice and with my brother um, kind of arming us 
it we, it was enough to help us try to break down the fear um and especially for my boy's sake i had to i had to shed the disappointment i had to mm-hmm. so if i wasn't right in the same room with them i was worried i was fearful i was mad and we would say okay let's go talk to these boys and i'd be so mad and then we would pray together and ask for God's help. Mm-hmm. And each time that anger would go away um, and the fear would go away and we were just filled with love for them. Mm-hmm. And I could tell by the way, instead of me being like, you just ruined all my plans and what I thought. Yeah. I could look at them and see them and love them and see how much they were hurting and then I was being, I was able to be filled with compassion instead of being bummed for me. This isn't what I wanted or expected. I could put my feelings aside and I just would look into their face and I would have so much compassion and love for them and think, what in the world can I do to help you? How can I help you not only just make it through alive, um, you know, and I don't think they had as much fear as I did of them like dying, um, you know, or these, mm-hmm. I mean, kids think they're, you know, Invincible. indestructible and they're like, yeah. mom, this is not that big of a deal. Um, but as a parent, you know, you're fearful for everything. But I, I would look at their faces and they can, they can read, they can read us so well. And if they saw fear or shame or disappointment, I could see it in their faces Mm-hmm. And that was making their problem worse. They felt so bad. And I, it took a while, but I just really tried so hard to think if they could look at me and just see love. And if they could also see understanding and especially if they could see, I believe in you and I love you no matter what. I am going to take my expectations off the table. I'm going to take my disappointment off the table and I am just going to focus on you and cheer you on to be who you need to be and to not think, gosh, why are they doing this? But just say, this is the best they can do right now. They're doing the best they can do. Everyone, this is my mantra. Everyone is doing the best they can do. Right. Even if you're like, I don't think that's the best. It doesn't matter. They're doing the best they can do and they need your love and they need your support. And the last thing they need to see is shame coming from your face. Yeah. They need love and compassion. Yeah. And that is where, that's what I'm trying. That's what I tried to do. That's what I'm trying to do. And it definitely, once I could take those things off the table, I could see my boys, I could see this relief. Yeah. I could see this relief and it took a while to help them understand that my love for you is not dependent on what you do or what I thought you should do or, or, yeah. you know, my expectations of you, but my love for you is just because you're mine. Yeah. God gave you to me and I'm going to love the heck out of you no matter what. And that is what I try to show them. Right. And I think you do an amazing job of that. And I know you made it. You made a really good point. It took time to get there. Oh yeah. Because there was a lot of hurt, 
a lot of anger. I, I watched you and Aaron going through yeah. this from a distance, even just this is seeing, 10 years. This is 10 years, been of, 10 learning. years yeah. of learning. And you know, anyone who's gone through addiction in their family, someone close to them, someone they care about would completely relate with what you're saying. Because what happens is, and what's cool is, and I really, what I really appreciate about, appreciate about you, Lori, is that you are, you were willing to put away aside your own personal feelings to a point yeah. To where you could actually look at them and go, I just love you, period. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing to do because you want to just go shake them like, quit doing these things. Quit, you know, yeah. quit, you know, blowing up your lives, guys, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and I tried that forever uh, and it it didn't help them. It doesn't help. It didn't help them. And then no. all they felt was they felt more shame, which led to them feeling worse about themselves, which led to more, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> of abuse, I think, of what they were doing because they felt bad and they felt, I've disappointed my family and I just, they know it. They don't need to be told. You don't have to tell them that. You don't have to tell them. They already know. Yeah. And I felt like what they need is power. They need empowerment. They need to know like, hey, you're young. Yeah, you've made some mistakes. You're young. You, You don't have to, you can do whatever you want. I believe in you. You can, you know, and, and for a while there I was kind of like, I'm going to do this. And then they're going to go, Oh, you were right. You're right. I'm going to throw all this away and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it how you think I should do it. And then, you know, when they got to be adults, it was easier. It was so hard when they were 14, 15, 16 and their children in your house. And you're like, you can't do this, you know? And also they're living in the house with little siblings. I mean, um, and I was so worried for their safety. And then as they got to be adults and they moved out, um, I just really, I just felt like they just, they need love. They need encouragement they need support and they, they everyone needs it. That's yeah. what I need. Like I told yeah. you, I'm, I'm a words of affirmation person. Yeah. I want, I want that pat on the back. I want that hug of, Hey, you're doing a good job. You're hanging in there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. and that's what I, I just want them to feel that. And I, I want to get, I want to say this one great piece of advice that sure. Danny gave me Please. really early on. So I was, you know, calling him in a fearful moment. What if, what if, what if, you know, what if everything is ruined? Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, all right, I want you to put all of this, all this thought aside. And I want you to picture your boys as 25 year olds. And what if they're still doing some of the same things they're doing now? What if they don't listen to you and go, okay, never mind. What, you know, what, what if they just stay on this exact same path? Are you going to love them? Yes, of course. Right. And he's like, okay, then you just love them right now. Don't, don't beat against the wall this whole time. And then finally with hindsight, look back and go, well, that was sure hard, but I still love you because you're my Mm -hmm. kid. And I guess now we can move on. He's like, don't wait for 10 years. Don't wait for 10 years to go. That was really hard. I guess I can forgive all of this angst and now we'll be okay. He goes, just do it now. Do it now. Just do it now. Wow. And that was, and of course I had to keep reminding myself of that, but that was such good advice. Picture them older, picture them, picture them, not how you want them to be, but how they want to be in whatever they're doing and whatever life they're living are you going to love them whether or not they conform to what you want? Yeah. And the answer is definitely yes. 
Absolutely. Yes. Always. Yes. I can't say that word. You know, yes, I will love them no matter what. Yeah. And that really helped. Mm -hmm. That really helped to get, he's like, just get there quicker. Don't be, don't, don't beat against the bricks this whole time through this difficult experience. Every hard experience, when you have hindsight, you look back and go, man, that was hard. Yeah. But I learned this and this and this, and I'm alive and I made it through and things are okay. He's like, it's going to be okay. Even if it's not what you think it is, it's still going to be okay. Yeah. Get there sooner than later and save yourself. Yeah. Save yourself this and let your boys see, let your boys see that that's how you feel about them. Don't wait and go, okay, I guess I can get over it now. Just do it now and let them be, let them be them and love them anyway. Wow. And I just had this uh, inspiration as you're talking, honestly. So one of the things I tell my clients constantly who are struggling with drug addiction is that Addiction is your wake-up call to your greatness. But I just had the inspiration as you're talking, Lori. It's also the wake-up call to the greatness that's with those around them that are going through it. Because what you're doing, Lori, is it's that's greatness in motion, in my opinion. Seeing what you're doing, that's greatness. I love it. It's amazing. Um, and I, 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 I'm not trying to downplay it whatsoever when I say that. No, Because no. this is not an easy thing. Because whenever we do something great or we are being in that mode of greatness, there was a price to pay to get there. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So That doesn't what, come by just living an easy life. Yes. You can't just float through life and expect yeah. to learn and grow and develop. And especially the hardest, hardest stuff is what teaches you the most. Yeah. You have to go through hard stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, you have been through some hard stuff. Um, you know, overcoming cancer, going through addiction in your own family, you know, having seven kids and just, you know, amongst that. And, and I wish we had more time to talk about all of that. I mean, we could go on and on and on. And, but I, I, I do want to thank you for being willing to come share that portion of your story along with everything else. Um, you really are an inspiration. Thank you. Honestly, um, I've been wanting you. I want. I've been wanting you on this for for a long time, and I'm glad we finally got here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I finally woke up on time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. She woke up on time. But um, I, I want to ask you a couple ending questions here. Okay. Um, if you could give any advice to someone who's hearing this right now, who maybe has some kids going through some of the same things. What advice could you give these parents who are going through this? Um, what would you tell them in this moment? And maybe it's the same thing Danny said. I don't know. I love what Danny said, but what would you say? Um, I, I think it's really important to remember. I think we feel like we want to lecture our kids and we want to tell them, um, you know, how bad, these things are, you know, drug addictions or alcohol abuse, you know, how bad this is for you. And you want to lecture the heck out of them. Don't you know that this is going to do this and this and this and this. Um, and they are young and they do, they are kind of invincible, but deep down they do know it's not good for them. And I feel like our desire to parent and teach and try to redirect 
at least in my kid's experience, it just brought more shame Mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. And they turned more to the things that were harmful to them. Mm -hmm. There was a couple years with both of them that I was real, I was worried about, I was worried about suicide. Sure. I was worried that they felt so poorly about themselves that, that it just made everything worse. And so as hard as this is to say, I mean, I don't know, I've been through the whole thing and I mm-hmm. feel like you try everything to help protect them, but it really is up to them. And I, I, I hate to say, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. You're probably in it for the long haul. I mean, I think some some people I see where they're able to just be like, hey, you better cut it out and I'm going to take everything away from you and I'm going to ground you and I'm going to stick you here and you're going to comply and you're going to do what I say. And for for some people, it works. And I think, well, good for you. You only had to deal with that for one year. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. But... I just, it just, that just wasn't, that wasn't our trajectory. And I, I kind of felt that way going into it. People kept saying, oh, don't worry. They'll just grow out of it. It's not that big of a deal. You know, they're just teenagers. And I just, I wanted to think that because I'm a really optimistic person. Like the most ridiculously optimistic, romantic, idealist person you've ever met. Right. And I just, I just could tell that wasn't, this, that just wasn't the path that we were on. And if I acted like that to my kids and I expected like, I'm going to do this one thing and then they're going to go, okay, never mind. Right. I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to yeah. smoke weed or whatever. Right. Um, it, it, it didn't do, it didn't do me any good and it did do, it didn't do them any good. It just wasn't, yeah. it just wasn't where they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, Oh, I hope I'm not just making someone think, Oh, great. But I, it just has been longer. Well, you're just being real. I'm just right being now. really real. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not putting any expectations of ending and it doesn't mean that I'm not hopeful. I just, they're adults now and they get to choose how to live. And instead of thinking of, of, um, the worries or whatever, I just try to think of them as how awesome they are. Yeah. <laughs> and that really I love them so much. I'm so proud of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and going through those kind of early teenage years of, you know, when, when we were learning how to just learning how to cope with all this, yeah. I mean, I wasn't the best at that at all. <clears throat> and, um, I, you know, and I want to ask for their forgiveness for not being the best, but I was just a parent who was scared. Right. I look at them now and I just am so proud of who they are mm-hmm. as people. They're such good human beings right they are so full of love they're so kind they're so hardworking. they love their family they feel comfortable in our home they know we love them i feel like from the very get-go i just felt the most important thing of all was to keep the relationship intact yeah that is just what that mattered so much to me. Yeah. I did not want to push them away. I did yeah. not want to kick them out. I did not want to kick them when they were down. I just want to be there for them. I want to mm-hmm. love them. I want to protect them. I want to protect all of my kids. Yeah. I want every kid to know I love them 
I love them no matter what. And I'm proud of them. Right. I'm proud of them. And they have taught me so much. I have learned so much about loving, about not judging, about rooting for everybody and really, truly feeling like wherever anyone is at whatever pathway they are through their trial or life, they, in that moment, they're doing the best they can and just to have compassion and understanding. And so for parents out there, just, I think keeping the relationship is the best idea. It's the best motivator for your children. Mm -hmm. They need to know they're loved. They need to know they're loved, that they have a place to come. Um, that they, and that you're proud of them. Right. I love what you're doing. I love how hard you're working. I love, I love the relationships you're making with people around you. You're a good person. You're a good friend. You're a good brother. You're a great son. Yeah. And, um, I'm going to take all this other stuff and push it to the side and look at your heart and soul. And I want to just exude love and compassion, understanding for you. Beautifully said. I couldn't add to that. I I do want to say that I love your boys too, and hopefully they listen to this. But I love them. Yeah. I do, and I. They're awesome. There's no judgment whatsoever, and I mean I wouldn't be good at what I do. <laughs> I work with uh, people who are struggling in this area. My you know every single day, and I've done I've gone through it myself. So I just really beautifully said, Lori. Um, how how would people get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you? Maybe ask you a question. Um, and then also, how could they um, get more information on your great artist program? And, and even if they want to tr- try to get into their elementary school, if they if it's not already there, what would they do? So our website is greatartistprogram.com. Um, the YouTube channel, which you can get to from there. So if you're if you're a mom listening, um, or you're if you're a parent and you're like, wow, I want my kids to be able to learn mm-hmm. how to draw with simple guided drawing, you can go straight to my YouTube, Great Artist Mom, um, and there's videos right there. Just, they're free, uh-huh. and just put on the iPad while you're making dinner and say, here, start drawing. Uh-huh. Um, and then our program, we've got the website, and on that website, there's an email, and it says info at Great Artist Program, but it comes right to me. Comes right to you. Yeah, yeah. comes right to me. Yeah. Lori at greatartistprogram.com comes right to awesome. me. Um, yeah, and I, okay. you know, of course, I'd be happy to, share about the art program, but I also would be happy to, um, I'd be happy to share and, um, love and understand and talk to anybody who needs to, or, you know, is struggled with these things and just, um, well, I know you would be because you love to talk. You love to socialize. You love to make new friends. So anyone hearing this, honestly, take her up on that. Ask her any questions, not just about her amazing program, but her amazing life and how she's dealt with these challenges and how she's risen above it and as she's still going through it. And uh, please reach out to her and ask her any question because she's an open book and she will, <laughs> she'll talk your ear off. That's true. She really you will. You might regret calling me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lori, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come share this with, with our listeners. Um, they're going to, I can't wait to, to have them hear this in full and just you know, the inspiration that will come from this. Thank you so much for having me and letting me share. I really, really, really appreciate being here. And I really appreciate you and your family. Um, yeah, you've been, thank you. you um, not only are you a good friends of ours, but I couldn't have gone through this without your help and love and guidance and especially your love for my boys um, and for Aaron and I. 
I can't express how much I'm grateful yeah. to you for that Thank and you. for our, just our families and friends. And, um, yeah. and I'm also just as silly as it sounds, I'm so grateful for the experience. You just can't learn. Yeah. You can't learn really deep, meaningful things like this without, you know, a little bit of struggle. And I'm super grateful for what I've learned from all of my children. Um, but, as, but from this experience, I'm super grateful yeah. to learn what I've learned, um, to have my eyes opened, um, and to just have that compassion and understanding for everyone around us. Yeah. I'm really grateful for everything. Oh, thank you. I'm grateful for you and your family and your boys. Um, if I could ask you to read that quote, oh, it's yeah. the same quote I share with my clients and I've shared it with your boys and I'm passionate about it, but would you mind reading it? Yeah. And as, as I read it this morning, I mean, I, it applies to everyone. It does. You know, you come in here with insecurities. Am I going to say the right thing? Is Does he really want me on this podcast? And I read this thing and I thought, oh, yeah, everyone has something to share. Okay, here's the quote. The most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there is nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Um, and that's the truth. Listeners, wow. What an amazing story. Um, I'm so grateful that I get to do this and I sit across from amazing people like you, Lori. Thanks for sharing. Um, please share this with anyone you know who may be struggling, who if you know a family that has kids who are struggling, um, or if you know people who want to be an artist and they don't know how to do it, <laughs> share this with these people because they will be inspired to move in that direction. So thank you so much, Lori. Once again, thanks for everything.